Zit und Rechtreich. Jetzt geht jetzt kommt Glück. Okay, all right. Hello guys, it's me, Bahamar, the host of Penetrant Voice. I'm honored today to sit with the middleweight fighter from UFC, Drikas Stillnox Duplessis. Thank you so much for being here, Drikas. Thanks for inviting me. It's a big pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, Drikas, I want to shoot off straight off the bat. Um, I want to touch base just to give information from... The, the listeners or the watchers that uh, where you're coming from and obviously where you're going now your first debut, debut was six months after high school yeah and obviously you entered the ring and you made mention of it most people think your your third your third fight and was obviously the first fight now going through Makulu obviously your first debut the guy that obviously blew his knee yeah nonetheless you obviously walked away victorious but the one I want to bring attention to is Hawkeye you were 19 at the time, he was a, a older guy, being 30-odd something at the time, and obviously having a lot of fights under the belt. You being 19. Now, one focusing on that is, for a 19-year-old to have that kind of mountain in front of him, how did you prepare for that? So, I think the big thing with that fight is that's probably one of the scariest fights of my career. I always remember that. Tournament is a he's a he's a legend. I mean, uh, I watched him as a kid. Uh, I was a big big fan of Darren Morgan. And <clears throat> how that fight actually came about, I fought three times in the year, and over the summer holidays I went to Thailand for training, but I wasn't in a camp or anything. And they were supposed to fight him and Darren Daniel was supposed mm -hmm. to fight in February. And I came back in January, and I was home for a week. And we haven't really started training hard again, and, but I was still in shape because I was training over the holidays. And uh, Darren Daniels got injured, and they needed a replacement on 10-day notice for Darren Hockey. And I was like, well, I mean, that's for number one contender fight. I'm three fights in. Yes, 33 fights. I just told my coach, I want this fight. And he was like, listen, it's a big fight. But the big thing is, I think I didn't have time to build up my head because it was just, the, it was short notice and now I mean I guess that was one way of thinking about it like you know, what's the worst that can happen and, you know, I can't lose this fight I'm not going to two lose but you know, if I win this fight it cheats me right up there and I know exactly where I'm at mm. and I mean I took that fight it was one of the most stressful experiences of my life mm. but um, yeah I came out victorious and uh, that just that gave me almost gave me even more confidence in that you know, back yourself always mm. and trust in the work you put in now you see this what I get from you when I listen to the post interviews, especially the one just after Perez, you mentioned antics. You said you don't have time for antics. This is your career. If you step into that ring, you're going to take the guy's head off. Whoever the title holder is, it's not that you make it a personal thing. But we don't see that in young individuals of today. We, don't, we necessarily don't talk like that. But what I get from you is a very, very adamant self-belief and discipline. Is this something that has always been with you or has it been taught to you? I think uh, it's a bit of both in, in that sense that I've always had this dream of, of being greater than what I am mm -hmm. and, and being doing something extraordinary. Don't always know what it was, but whatever I do, try to do it the best of my ability. And you know, it's not, like, like you said, I'm trying to make it personal because everybody that fights in the UFC, everybody that fights there deserves to be there. Mm -hmm. And you know, if, I, if I tell you, my opponent sucks or whatever the case may be, that just takes away the light of my win. Mm. So, I mean, everybody's getting their own way. I only have, I'm not there to break down any other other fighter. I'm not there for that. That's not, that's not my way to go. 
I'm only there, I believe in myself. Mm. I don't uh, try to make him not believe in himself. I just know what I've put in and I have a very, very confident belief in, in the hard work that we've put in and, and the and the confidence in my ability. And that's that's where that comes from. It's uh, And fighting somebody personal, that means you put a face on somebody and, and as soon as that happens, you start thinking emotionally and you can't be emotional when you're fighting. It's all it's all business. It's all it's all muscle memory. It's all your body. Everything that needs to happen has to happen for a reason, not because of an emotional reaction. Or emotional and emotional reaction is the worst kind you can have when, especially when you're in the middle of a fight. I want to add to that because you you especially mentioned it. It's not about putting a lot of fights on the belt. It's having the right fights first of all. But you won't necessarily fight the guy if you don't believe that it's the right name. Now, that brings me back to Brendan Lesser. Now, you mentioned specifically um, in one interview that if he should take down Soldier Boy, that you would face him. But the words I'm, I'm quoting here is, you would be more confident when he faces you because he has got a big name under his belt now. Coming from a sport like this, it's always about putting you first because you could have gone for Soldier Boy and just that is what it is. Yeah. But you went a step further, and yet again, that is why I'm focusing on you building up on another individual's career, yeah. because you made the right choice for him. On the other side of the point, you said, it's because you're taking the risk, but it's like you were two steps ahead. Where does this mentality come from? Because you're obviously observing it from both points of view. Yes, absolutely. And I have a great team behind me, my coaches, my mental coaches, everybody, uh, family, the people that are close to my career, they... It's all, all this plan. You can't just go and cover it. In the beginning of my career, that was all fine. Same as the way it is now. You see almost climbing the ladder. As soon as you get to the top of a of the pile, you need to start making better decisions. And uh, one wrong decision can put you back yet. It's mm. uh, unfortunate like that. So the thing with Brendan was exactly like that. Is for my career, beating him wouldn't have gained. I wouldn't have gained anything. It would actually look pretty silly on my record. Mm. And I mean, of course, there's a chance of him winning that fight. I mean, there's always a fight. Mm. But, uh, you know, I didn't want to take that fight. It, it, it felt like I'm doing the sport wrong. It felt like I made my own title cheap. That title I worked so off right to win multiple fights years and years before mm. I got the belt. And here comes a guy with two fights and gets a shot at. Mm. So, I did so fight him and they said, well, what should he do for you to fight him? Mm. I said, if he, the winner between him and Gareth, Soldier Boy, that would be a great fight because I win either way. Mm. So if the, if he wins that, at least he has a big name that he's beaten. Mm. If Gareth wins that, we have a rematch and that's the fight everybody wants to see. Mm. Which I was actually really hoping for and mm. really I, everybody thought that was, that was going to happen. But I mean, it shows you the fight game. I saw the reaction you threw. Right so after so Brendan landed the punch, you were like very, very, very shocked. I was so surprised. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> but it is insane. That's like you said, I know with uh, the KSW, the, the build-up and everything that happened, like you said, a fight always goes in a certain direction. You need to prepare like it's the first fight. Yeah. And most people don't know the full background of you have three choices. Like you said, it's, it depends on the choices where you go. Now, obviously, coming from the free state, moving to Hartis and then Pretoria, you went to um, Tix University. Obviously, you wanted to pursue the rugby career and the MMA. Now, you had three outcomes that could have been whatever Drikas we, we saw today. It could have been Drikas 
with the great Ojikas, the rugby player Ojikas, as we yeah. know today, the UFC fighter. How close was it to not becoming a UFC fighter if, from an outside point of view, the family would have said, listen, you need to complete a grade? Yeah. That's a, that's a, the big thing is, like I said, I have a, a phenomenal family backing me, my, my dad and Olga. Obviously, they were, they were quite skeptical about it at first, but they supported me all the way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's your life, your choices. Uh, they gave me some some insights in what they think, what they believe, and I at the end of the day had the choice. I had to make it all on my own. But from the day I started fighting, there was nothing like it for me. Even rugby, I loved rugby. I wanted to pursue that as a career, but I just never could get. You know, I loved rugby so much because there was nothing else I did love as much. Mm. And as soon as I started fighting and started getting better and started really getting into it, there's nothing in the world that that consumed my mind like fighting. Even training rugby, even playing. It was fun, but it wasn't half as much fun as, as, mm-hmm. as fighting. And then I was like, well, I can't do something and think about something else. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, dating a girl that's uh, <laughs> the second best one. You, know, you, you like second best. It's, 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 a, it's almost a bittersweet, but no, I still love rugby and it's, it's amazing. But I don't for one, one, one moment think I made the, right, the, the wrong decision. And mm-hmm. From the word get-go, when I thought it, I said, well, this is what I'm going to do. And, and it's, it's unfortunate the way the game's at now. Especially if you pursue to become a UFC, getting yeah. to the top level, there's no, there's no halfway. You can't have a, you can't have any any bridges mm. to, to fall back on because it gets tough. Mm. It gets tough and it gets the self doubt, not skill wise, but life choice wise. This is what if this doesn't work out? What do yes. I have then? What am I going to do then? Yes. You know, it's almost like you feel you wasted everything that you had and you threw all your eggs in this basket. But it's uh, that that also that there's two sides of that story. If it doesn't work out, shit. But yeah. I mean, if you have all your eggs in that basket, you have to make a way to make it work. That's yeah. what I. That's really. That's why I came in now. Just decided this is what I'm going to do, yeah. and I'm going to do whatever it takes to to make this work. Now, now going back to the young, the young adults. Obviously, making decisions like that. There's literally you're burning the bridges, you're burning the boats. There's no going back. It's either survive or die. Were there ever a time that you felt sitting back, damn, I'm over on my on this. Definitely, I think uh, I think especially uh, when I stopped studying, and well, it wasn't the studies, not at all. It was the nature of my job. Yes, I've never had another job. Mm. This is what I've been doing my whole life: is fighting. Mm. My whole adult life, or every single form of income I've ever had was because of fighting. Mm. I opened the gym now for about three years ago, and that's that's. But it's also related to fighting. So fighting was the one and only way for me to generate an income. Mm. And that's such a such a volatile way of making money. I mean you think the, you think the stock market that's that's hard. It's yeah. uh, no, you're never sure. You're never sure of what's coming. Yeah. You're never sure anything can happen. Yeah. I mean two, three losses in a row and you're done. Yes. Well not done, but two, three losses in a row, you lose a contract. Yes. And there all the hard work goes. And to be able to do this full time and, and uh, financially be able to support yourself, support a family, that's also stuff you think about. You know, how long can I do this? Yes. How much money can I really save? Yes. Because to be able to survive up until I'm 40 yes. while fighting, that's one thing, but what about after that? Yes. So that's that's all the questions that comes to mind when, you, when you're learning any evenings thinking, well, yeah, I hope I made the right choice here. And even to this day, even though I'm fighting in the UFC, there's nothing else in the world I'd rather do. Those doubts always come up, but you know, that's that's what makes you mentally stronger. And it, it's almost like a fuel to fire. Yeah. Every time you get that doubt, uh, listen, what if this doesn't work out? Mm. I just remind myself, 
Exactly. Well, if mm. this doesn't work out, you're in big trouble, man. Mm. So you better make this work out. And I guess that uh, you can take that as a almost a breaking you down, or you can take it as building yourself up. Mm. And that's what I. It just builds me. It just the uh, the next morning I wake up and I'm I'm just so much more motivated because I know. Listen, if this doesn't work out. You you are so <laughs> not working at yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. So a lot of people don't recognize the amount of punishment you put yourself through when cutting and dropping the entire weight division. And I know that you made an annunciation a couple of, well, a year ago about, uh, two years ago about with the KSW saying that it's not safe anymore to run on your current weight. And looking at you going through, going through the emotions, talking about that, it wasn't nice because obviously you're full on focus and you, you, you constantly confirm that it doesn't matter. You are now at the top fittest level of your of your life and you're ready for a fight. You can step in now. But obviously taking in consideration that you do need to do this for the rest of your life and of it, or as long as you possibly can. Now, that mental state that you go through when cutting and stuff, what are your steps to get through that? I mean, it's, 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 it does it feel very alone at times? Yeah, I think that's a very good way to describe it. You know, if I get more weight down my mat, it's still a big cut for me, but it's it's not life draining. Mm. What started happening is I love fighting around with every ounce of my being. And I'll do everything I have to. I've never missed weight. Cutting I had to cut seventeen kilograms in eight weeks mm. every time I fought at Wild Weight. And it was fine. In the beginning of my first Wild Weight fight I wasn't too heavy. I had to go, like I walked around eighty eight when I was 20 years old. Yeah. And I started getting bigger and bigger and I walk around the 95. And that's where I've, I've been walking around for the past three years. Mm. And it started becoming so hard to make the weight. And it wasn't the actual cut of the weight. Yes. It was doing it safely, the, the diet, the preparations, three months before a fight even happened, which automatically means a short fight, notice fights off, off the cart. Yes. I cannot make weight in under 10 weeks. It's impossible. Yeah. And that's that was where my mind was at. Is firstly, it started becoming hard to relationship-wise. Mm. Now, even with the girlfriend, with friends, with family, you're miserable for quite a long time. You the the the, the kind of restrictions you have to put yourself in to make that kind of way. Mm. It's unbelievable, and I mean, you can call it uh, determination, which I always had. And I was mm. always super disciplined with it. But when it started to become not fun anymore. Mm. When I started hating it, mm. that's when I started thinking, well, this is maybe not a good idea because I love every part of the process. Yeah. And the last two fights in my welterweight career, I started really, it started affecting my life outside of fighting as well. Yeah. And just uh, being miserable. And I'm a, I'm a happy person. Yes. I started being miserable. I started dreading fight camp to start because I know what the, what the, just, just the, the amount of the food, just the, the diet, all that. It wasn't the training. Yeah. The weight was a bigger issue for me. Concentrating on making the weight was the biggest fight in that whole camp, not actually being so prepared for a fight. Yes. And uh, can't miss training sessions because you have to burn the you have to burn the calories, otherwise you can't eat. Yeah. And even when you have a little injury, you can't rest up because you have to train because otherwise you can't eat. Yeah. And there was a lot of stuff like that. I'm happy I did it because mentally it made me so strong. Mm. And it was the right move for me. I mean, it, it got me two world titles. It's a, it was the right move. But it was also the right move to when I moved up to back to middleweight and said, I'm done. There's no way I'll ever fight welterweight again. Mm. And yeah, as soon as the doctors, we have a team, blood test, all that, started having concerns about it. The first time we had concerns yes. health-wise, not 
on fight, on weighing that. But even outside of camp, saying, listen, you're taking punishment, your blood levels, your hormone levels, kidney levels, all that stuff, you start to take punishment. Mm. And you're taking five years of your career mm. if you keep on doing this. And it was immediately I said, well, I have to move up a weight division. And we took a whole year off to prepare to become a middleweight, not just a welterweight walking around a middleweight, yeah. but becoming a middleweight, big enough. And I mean, I'm a big middleweight now. I'm, yeah. not a, I'm, not a, uh, I'm taller than most of the middleweights. Yes. But like you said, yeah, the, the process of, 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 the, of making that weight, it does feel alone. It does, it does, it, your mind plays tricks. I mean, when you're going through that hardest training session and just not being able to feel your body directly mm-hmm. and you're hungry the whole time, you're, you're like I said, miserable. And it does feel alone at some at, at stages. It, it, it's hard because you know, people respect what you're going through, but they don't fully understand it unless they've done it. I want to touch base on that quickly because you mentioned that this is your life, this is a career, you don't do antics. Now, Coming from your age, yet again, most most adults your age still put social life as the pinnacle or the prime to where they're going, saying, I'm still young, I can still do this. But you've cancelled, I think, unmentioned amount of events to be at the training, to be there. Now, going through that weight cuts, coming from, I'm feeling alone, this is, this is not nice, I'm, I'm struggling. And like you said, most people don't understand it. What sacrifices on a relationship level, have you have you been through? And uh, if anything, how did you rebuild yourself? Because coming from a society where most of us don't engage anymore and we can't live with our emotions, you're still very in line. Because I can see this, the first, the last you had against um, um, Soldier Boy, that took you. Yeah. But most individuals would come from a point of view saying, I can't always expect to lose. But you said, I can't always expect to win. It immediately showed me that your mental state is already always in line with, with positivity coming out the victor. But the the points of sacrificing, would you have done it any other way? Yeah, I think the sacrifice, like you said, it's almost <laughs> uncountable. It's a, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a really hard thing. It, to explain because there's people just don't feel that way about anything mm. and for me it's so hard to explain because I'm like I promise you this is the thing I love most in the world and the sacrifice yes it's hard it is hard and especially on like you said relationships it's I mean the sacrifices in that uh, in, 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 in relationships um, mm. you know having a girlfriend and having being having to neglect a relationship in certain stages for certain periods of time and mm. and uh, you know, it's it's hard it's not just hard for me it's hard for your partner as well mm. friends I mean you have to have really loyal friends that really understand where you're coming from that's it's because yes I'm, I'm missing birthdays maybe I've missed two in a year two years in a row because it happens to be in a fight camp every time and it's not that I just don't go it's just my vibe is off my vibe is focused on the task at hand, and mm. I'm no fun to be around mm. uh, in a in a in a social setting where there's 50 people having beers and having a bride. Mm. It's all good. I don't need to drink to have fun. Mm. It's not that's not that's not what's what it's about. It's where my focus is at. Mm. I'm not in a social mindset. My yes. mindset is I want to sleep, train, mm. and all the time I can have to rest mm. and recover. I want to use it as productive as possible, mm. and. Uh, the, the sacrifices is like 
every every great sports person, I guess, would, would tell you that is is the sacrifices is is uh, the sacrifice for the good now for the better tomorrow. That's mm. that's what it's all about. And having a dream and nobody really understand. Well, people understand you have a dream, but people don't not understanding what you're willing to sacrifice for. People are are quick to say you're probably not going to make it because you live in South Africa. Yeah. You don't have you can't become a UFC champion because you don't have a big enough team. Mm. You, you know, all that. But people forget to ask somebody, people forget to to really go to somebody's mind and think, mm. how much motivation yes. and drive does this person really have? Yes. Because one person might have the motivation to go out and gym yeah. for three days a week or for a month at a time and then like, no, I'm over it. My motivation just gets after every fight, win all these, after every year, I just get more motivated, more to get better and better. And there's there's nothing to replace that for me. Mm. Without this in my life, I will be empty. No matter what, what I have, no matter what money, no matter family, it's not about that. Mm. Me as a person, I need this in my life because to work hard and be so motivated something, it's 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 um, I can't explain it. It's just a it's a fact that nothing in the world matters to me, family aside, than being the best at this in the world. I have a goal, I've set it, an ultimate goal, which is to be the greatest of all time. Mm. And that's what keeps me going every every time it gets tough. Mm. It's the ultimate goal to say, listen, no matter what's happening, I want to be, I'm getting that goal. Mm. So I have my small goals, daily goals, and I have my medium-term goals. And being in the UFC was probably one of the long-term mm. goals. And now the next one is being a champion. And the, the ultimate goal is being the greatest uh, of all time. And, yeah, I mean, it sounds, it sounds far-fetched, but, I mean... That's the thing. That is the thing. Usually, if anybody said, and like you said, what is the legacy? It reminded me immediately, there's a movie about Yuri Boyka. He says, I'm the greatest fighter to ever exist. I'm the most complete fighter, I'm the in, the most complete fighter in the world. No... That is exactly, you want to be the greatest MMA fighter that, that has ever walked this earth. But, there's a sense of comfortability and confidence behind the words you say, which makes it believable. But with you, there's confidence behind your word. And I think people are quick to measure your outcome on what they are willing to put in. But looking at you, looking at your history, looking at how you approach even your cardio sessions, Going from a five minutes, five set, white bike, after going in wrestling with fresh components, every single, every single outcome, and going back, you, the first guy to arrive at the gym, you're the last guy to leave. You're literally building a sustainable income and future for the young adults that wants to develop in this fighting career. You're not only just looking after your dream, you're looking after the dream of others as well. And I think on that point of view, that is where you say that you will be the greatest MMA fighter that has ever walked this earth. It's truly so. But I want to ask you, in a matter of a term of success, that day, because I know that you do visualization, and I want to touch base on that as well. I see it as somebody calling in, please welcome, Drickus Still Knox Duplessis, the greatest MMA fighters that have ever walked the earth. How do you see? When is that day that enough is enough? I've reached what I wanted to be. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a million-dollar question. When is enough enough? It's uh, it's it's all about 
at the end of the day, being the greatest of all time is all opinionated. Mm. It's a real way of saying it. Today, I believe it. Today, I believe I'm better than anyone that's ever done it. Mm. Today, I, not just in how I feel right now. Today, I feel accomplishment-wise. I feel that I've done it. I've done what I've done, wanted to do. Mm. That's the day I will... And just being in the conversation, I mean, that's at the end of the day. If people talk about the GOATs, they talk about John Jones, and they talk about GSP, uh, Khabib. That's where that's where you want your name at, and you know, building on that and you know, making it undeniable will be great. But there's just no way of convincing every single person in the world of that. Yes. So making it undeniable and just being among the talks about among those greats. That's it. That's it. That's the penultimate. That's mm-hmm. that's basically what it, what it's about. It's a, it's such a hard thing to say because all the greats are different eras. Yes. So it's it, that makes it that make it makes it hard, but. From a fighting perspective, what you said about the development of the me training and it's I set up that gym and the big reason for this is for well for me the sport is how much I love this sport. Yes. Not only for me fighting and what I gained from the sport. I loved the sport way before I became a fighter and I'm a fan first and then a fight. Yes. I don't miss events. I watch every single fight, not only for study purposes, but for that's what that, that's my favorite pastime too. Talking about fighting, training being at the gym, helping the other guys. We have an amateur program. We have Cam who came up from, since he was 14, fighting his second professional, mm. two fights already. And then talking about the first in the gym, last leave, it's about me. When I'm in that gym and the guys, I'm not the coach. I'm the coach, but I've been there. I'm a senior in the gym. And I expect nothing but excellence from the guys we have on our pro team. Mm. And... It's almost like we went through a generation where it was almost like half-off guys, mm. which was fine because at that stage you had to have a job. Right now we have professional. We get we enable our professional team to really be professionals. Mm. We enable them. You all your training. We cover diets, training, strength, conditioning, fitness, everything we sort at the gym because we want to be as professional as possible. Mm. And now I put pressure on the guys because mm. I know when guys are slacking and. When guys aren't concentrating, when, when they are at the gym, but they're not being productive, that that's, makes no sense. Yeah. So I know what my coach may got out of me, and I know what I can get out of them. So as a training partner, I'll tell my my, my, training, my team, my training partners, listen, you're, being, you're slacking. Start, mm-hmm. start, well, not just as a whole, but today. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Uh, I've shown you this thing 10 times, I'll get it right. It's, mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it might sound harsh, but it's demonic perfection and wanting everybody to be great. Mm. Wanting everybody to be better because the better they become, the better the sport becomes, the better mm. I become because mm. I train with them. Mm. So it's it's just demanding that from the guys. And that's where you really see who are the guys that are genuine and who are the guys that want to make, be something special. Mm. Being average is my biggest fear in the world. Mm. And... Yeah, so I mean, that's 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 the only way to do that is by leading to lead by example. Yeah. To show the guys, saying, I'm telling you to do this session at this one, or to do this and like this. I can't tell you to do something I can't do myself, or I'm not willing to do myself. Yeah. I have to show them what is possible. Yes. I have to show them that you want to be in the UFC, this is what it takes. Yes. You want to be a champion, this is what it takes. Yes. Not for now, consistently, over yes. years and years. You have to make it a habit, it's a lifestyle. Yes. 
Now, that is exactly what I want to touch on. That is you literally showing the youth that coming from Free State, going to Hatties, coming to Pretoria, going against the grain of what South Africa thinks is the outcome to get a degree and make something after yourself. And you said, no, not me. I'm doing what I love. And I'm investing myself in building a dream and I'm building a future for individuals. It's literally what you're doing. You are saving lives and you're creating dreams. And that's a very, very, very powerful thing to do, especially at your age. And the sense of commitment, I don't believe for one point that you're harder on them than you are on yourself. And it comes from a caring point of place. So that is why I want to focus on the next thing. Your development to the future you start with specific habits in the morning. I always see just before you go into a ring, you go down on your knees. It's like when you step through that door, it's a beast. And I can hear that beast after a victory. You can, that scream you yeah. leave is, is, it gives me goosebumps just thinking of it. What is it that happens at that specific second? Yeah, just before the fight. It's uh, just before you walk out is the most stressful moment. But it's, I've actually made a realization that and the, fight, the feeling of after the fight is so amazing when you find a fight. But I guess I think I started realizing that I love this sport even though I lost. Mm. I, I wanted to get back in. I was excited. Mm. I hated that I lost, but you know, the fire stayed in. Mm. And that's mm. when I realized I'm addicted to the feeling of, of the adrenaline before the fight mm. more than I am of the adrenaline after the fight. Mm. The feeling of winning isn't my driving power. Mm. The feeling of of being scared and being totally confident at the same time. That's 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 the that's the feeling I'm after. Mm. Before I walk out, um it's scared is not the right word. You're it's the kind of pressure and the, the magnitude of that situation just makes me it's just the bigger the situation, the better I feel about it. The bigger it's almost like you can feel the pressure in your ears, you can feel like you're underwater, uh, especially in the UFC fight it, it was like you can't even explain the feeling that you're getting. It feels like you're in a bubble, yeah. and this moment is so big, but there's no turning back. Yes. It's, it's like <laughs> almost like if you have to step off a cliff, you don't want to do it. You, honestly, before I walk out, I'm like, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? This? Why am I doing this to myself? You don't want to do it, and you just go for it anyway. Yeah. And pushing your mind, pushing your body, pushing yourself out of that comfort zone every single time. That's what makes your mind incredible. That what that makes the human mind incredible. You can teach your mind to, even though everything goes against it, you are in control of it. I'm in control of this body. And my mind says, no, 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 you shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> but, you know, you just go for it anyway. That feeling just before entering the fight, every single thing goes through your head. Every, it's, it's the shortest period of time, but it's everything that goes through your head. You're not trying to think about the fight. You're not actually think, thinking about the fight. You're thinking... Everything as I walk to the cage outside of fighting is coming to mind. Mm. Thinking about your family, you think about mm. the sacrifice, you think about the, the good times, the bad times, you think about the future, you think about everything else but actually but the fight. Mm. And it's it's your senses are at such a heightened state when you walk out there mm. that you are everything just comes in flashes. I would imagine that's how you, how it feels when you're about to die. Mm-hmm. Everything comes in flashes. You see your mother, you see your girlfriends, you see your your brothers, you see, I mean, you think about people you haven't thought about in years. Yeah. Just as you walk out there, the randomest stuff, it's such random pictures popping up in your head. 
And the big reason I think that in my mind is, I've always said it, when I go out there, I'm, I tell my family goodbye as if it's the last time I see them. Sure. Every single time. Wow. I phone my mom, my dad, if they're there, they're mostly there. I tell them goodbye, thank you for everything. Because that is where my mind's at. Yes. And as harsh as this sounds, it's not a barbaric sport. No. But you have to go in there with a the mindset to be, say, listen, I'm willing to die in this yes. to get this way. I am willing to die. And I'm also where the hardest part comes in. That's where people make mistakes. Being willing to die is not that hard for me. Yeah. Being willing to kill is the hard part. Because you have to be able to do that. Mm. The ref is there to stop the fight before it, but you know, when I go in there, yes. it's you can't think about your opponent's health. Mm. I don't. I honestly don't. I don't want anybody to get hurt permanently. But if it does happen, I would do to him the same. He, he has to respect me enough to do the same to me. Mm. I don't want any mercy when I'm in there. Mm. I want, the, I want him to come at me and try and literally kill me if, it, if, if there were no ref, if we were in time, that's why we are there. Yes. And you know, in a modern society, it's much better because we have a ref to, to and, but still it happens, but you know, making that switch in your mind that you have to be willing to kill this person and you have to be willing to die yourself. Yes. That is a very, very, and it sounds simple and it sounds like I'm being overdramatic, but for me at the end of the day, that's exactly what I feel. Mm. That's exactly what I feel, and you can say that's probably not going to happen. It's probably not, but it, it has happened. Yes, to many people. But you can see it. The, the execution point of the end of the fight—it's not over. It's, yeah. I've seen this many a times when you go back, and I mean, you've got six knockouts, it's nine submissions, and your knockouts—it's—it's—it's it's, it's going again. It's yeah. like pulling two dogs yeah. with one another. Not to be disrespectful, no, no, but no. you mentioned it to us, Perez. Again, going back to the antics, you are literally a modern-day gladiator. It is—it is what it is. This is this is a mere life or death situation. For me, it is. Yes, we are literally fighting for my life or death, and maybe not a physical life or death, which is also part of it, but uh, uh, the, the spiritual life, the, 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 the life or death of, of a dream, the life or death of, we are fighting for the food on my table, literally. And at the end of the day, that's, that's what people fought about millions of years ago, mm -hmm. and that's the same thing we fight about today. Yes. I make a career out of this. Without money, without winning, mm -hmm. without that, it's not possible for me. So every time I step in there, I, I fight for my life. I fight for my livelihood. Yes. And a lot of people have, have, have ulterior motives. Some people fight for money. God has said it many times. That's what he's after. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has their why. Mm -hmm. You've heard this many times. Some people fight. They come from poverty and they want to provide for their family. Mm -hmm. I don't have that. I only have one reason in doing this. It was never to impress anyone. It was never to, to make money. I didn't need that. Mm -hmm. And... It, it was never to be famous, to be rich. It was 100% for the accomplishment. Yes. 100% from day one, it was, I want to show people I'm the best in the world. Yes. Now, I want to go back to your fight song. You mentioned that is, that is the only time you listen to that song is on Fight Night. Is that coming from a place of an auto-suggestion? Like you said, you're in control yeah. of your mind and your body and it puts you in that, I'm going to kill you. There's a, there's a switch. You have to get yourself to switch because that's a big problem for a lot of athletes. Is they don't switch on. Mm. You get, and that's where you see guys that are really brilliant. Yes. And then some days they just don't show up. Mm. Uh, sports team. It happens. Um, we see it all the time. Some guys just have an off day. Other guys you see in the gym, they're incredible. Mm. Always. Mm. 
every single time they step into that under the bright lights, it's like 50% of the, the skill goes, 50% of their ability goes away. Mm-hmm. And that's because they didn't switch on. Mm-hmm. It's not that they look worse than they do in the gym. Mm-hmm. The opponents just switch on yeah. and you're not. Yeah. That's a big problem. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem to switch on because I have these these cues that I use, like my song, yes. like going down on my knees, like uh, saying goodbye to my father before yes. I ask. That's all, all those are cues. Yes. You can't have just have one anchor. You no. need a few because if one's not there, like my dad's not there, I can't use that as an anchor because then I'm, that has happened before. Mm. Uh, my fight song, coming back to that, is... is live it up. Live it up. It's, uh, the first time I heard that song, I was like, this is the coolest song ever. And... It's almost like when I hear that song, I know it's game time. Yes. My body knows. If you play that song right now, my whole body will go into this. <laughs> it happens every single time I hear it. Won't risk it. <laughs> every single time because my body knows what's happening right now. Yes. And my mind, more importantly, knows what's happening right now. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's something we, we just started doing because I feel if I listen to the song every day, which I will because I love it, but it will lose the power it has to switch me on, will lose that, that ability. And back to switching on, an even bigger problem for guys is switching off. Mm. And that's that's where guys are, that's where people become sports people. We see depression is a big thing in sports. Depression, and people, you know, going, getting, going to rehab for drugs mm. all the sudden in sports. It's, it's something that really happens. People just losing, it's almost like they just lose their mind. Yeah. And it seems ridiculous. Up until you're in a situation where you are also in professional sports on a very high level, mm. the pressure, constant pressure is immense. Mm. The pressure on yourself, the pressure from people, coaches, friends, people are expecting something. Actually, they are not, but they are. Fans mm. are. Yes. And you yourself are expecting so much from yourself that you never get a chance to really let go and relax. Mm. And that's something we did wrong before my first loss. Mm. I was obsessed. I, I was, it was, but it wasn't a healthy obsession. I'm mm. still obsessed. Yes. It's just healthier. We didn't blow off steam ever. Mm. It was trained for, trained for just one goal, just one. And your body doesn't burn out. It's your mind that burns up. Yes. Your mind starts to burn. You need your, you need to put your mind in that situation where you have to push yourself to the ultimate level at just 10% more. Mm. But then you need to reward yourself mm. with a relaxed, a relaxed day. Go out with friends. If you, you know, when it's fight camp, it's game time. Yes. It's time to, to, there's no playing around. There's no going out drinking with your friends in fight camp. Mm. So that's, that's part of what makes you the best or good or great. Mm. And, but outside of fight camp, I keep on trading every day. Mm. But uh, I had to start getting balance in my life. Mm. So my balance consists of five things. I have financial balance, mm. family and friends, mm. or family, social life, uh, my career mm. and of course your significant other mm. and if one of those make well significant other and your own kid yes which I don't have so but if one of those things are completely out of balance for a man mm. at least this is something I thought about you are in real big job yes you can have all the friends in the world you can have a great career you can have a great spouse you can have everything you want but if you don't have money mm. None of that matters. Mm. And money is not everything, but if you don't have money to survive, to support, to, to for me as a person, mm. financially, you need to be in a balance. Yes. Not necessarily being rich, but being in a balance. Mm. If you have all the friends, money, all everything, you don't have a family, mm. 
you're going to be lonely. Yes. If you don't, if you don't take care of your your career, everything needs to be in place in balance, mm. and that's a very important lesson to 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 learn. To which I, my dad's always taught me that mm. balance is everything. Can't party too much. Can't party too little. Mm. Can't work too much. Can't work too little. Mm. It's a it's a it's a balance. The universe works in that way. It's a it's a ripple effect. Uh, you know, it's uh, we as humans we have we need balance. Yes. You can't just go in one direction mm. and lack completely in another. Mm. Now, this is something I want to touch base on, and I love that you talked about anchor points because anchor points are extremely important and regarding all relationships in your life on what you need to improve. But you have a very specific morning routine. And you've mentioned this a couple of times that you do start with visualization, you go over to meditation, you're doing a technique that has been developed in 1920 that not a lot of people are aware of, but it's also suggestions to your body to help it deal with pain and recovery and obviously clear the mental state. When did you start developing that and working on that technique? Where did it come from? Yes, sir. I have a, uh, he's, a, he's also the manager of my gym now in Engelbrecht. Mm. He's a friend. He studied with my brother, older brother. He has a master's degree, and uh, he studied theology. And he went all into sports psychology, into that a lot. And uh, he came to visit us once, and we started working. And we were just talking about because I started doing some research on the internet, just mm. trying every way to get better, hearing it from somebody else, from other guys, how they do it, like Michael Phelps, for example. Mm. And then I was just like, cool, start bringing us. And I wasn't really reading books at that stage. That was about four years ago. Mm. And uh, he said, listen, read this book. And I'm like, well, okay, I'll try it. And we started working together. And he moved. I actually, we worked together for a week. I told him, listen, you're moving to Pretoria. <laughs> and he, from the house he moved to Pretoria. He lives with me. Mm. And, I mean, now we've been working together for four years, nonstop mm. now. Working on techniques to, and that's where we started. We started with with uh, he did analysis to, and then started teaching myself to be to be able to meditate. I've never done something like that before. Yes, it's a hard thing to teach yourself to stay concentrated for so long. And then fight camp is more intense, and it's not something that's talked about. Yeah, it's people don't understand. People yes. don't understand it, and, and you know, I also in the beginning I'm like, well, this doesn't feel like it's making a difference. Yes. Right up until a weekend, and you realize, well, ten minutes just went by, mm-hmm. and I didn't even think about. It. What's the time? Mm. That's when it really starts to become easy. That's when it starts to become get the results for autogenic training of being able to to control limbs with mm. your mind, being able to drop body temperature, to being able to slow your heart rate down with thinking about it. It's not something that you think about just go and slow your heart rate down. It doesn't work like that. You need to be able to get that cognitive function. Mm. That's what it's all about in a place, getting the cognitive function. When the brain thinks, the body does, mm. and that's 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 what we we were after. And, yeah, I mean, it became a habit, and it, it made everything great. I mean, I mean, I'll take example deadlift. Mm. When I'm deadlifting heavy, and I just previous set was super hard, and I now have another one left, I'll immediately sit right there in the middle of training and start visualization in the break. How it's gonna feel? How I'm gonna do it? And it helped me so much just before you give up. Your brain tells you to give up. It's not your body. Your body's at 40% and your brain tells it to give up. Mm. Just because your brain has been there before. Because I just took it there a minute ago. Mm. I just took my brain to how hard this is going to be. Mm. But in my mind, I saw myself how hard it was. I saw how I struggled. I saw how I, but eventually picking it up. Mm. And as you go, 
you can feel I'm not going to be able to pick this up and you're like no you are no you are and your body does it and that's that's the small difference that something like that can make it's just to get your mind not being surprised because your mind is a safety mechanism mm. at, the, at the end of the day so you have to get your mind to be able to push a little bit further, a little mm. bit further and that visualization gives your mind that rest at heart saying mm. listen okay, I did expect this mm. when your mind gets a start or when your mind doesn't know what's happening when you're in a situation where you've never been mm. that's when your mind starts playing tricks on you and saying no no you can't do this like back down back mm. down if I put my mind in that situation so that's where visualization my fighting comes in I visualize the fight playing out in a thousand different ways. Mm-hmm. I visualize it losing. I visualize it winning. I visualize it uh, knocking the guard with the first punch. I visualize being dropped with the first punch. And as we get closer to the fight, just because if this guy, come, when the fight starts, this guy comes out with flying me, mm-hmm. I visualize it. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's going to startle me. Mm-hmm. So you try and get as many situations as possible going through your mind so that whenever something like that does happen in the fight, you're not surprised. Mm. It's, not, it's not the first time you've seen this. Mm. So it's almost like you get to fight the guy before the fight. Mm. So I've got a question because I know a lot of individuals are struggling with this. When visualization, and obviously you're talking about the mind as something you use now, and it's not that you are the mind anymore. And so you're fully aware of the doubts that can arise and you're fully aware of the shocks and it's, it's keeping you in line with fear and you're separating yourself from fear. When was the first time that you realized that everything you're putting in now from the visualizations and meditation are actually being brought forth as a practical use and it's not in the head anymore? You know, the first time, it's, it's, it's so hard. It's uh, almost like, my brother always like, listen, you were sent by the gods. He, said, <laughs> he always says it. He says, it, uh, he's like, yeah, well, the gods have spoken. He says, I'm a chosen one. He says, because of the reason that when I have this feeling, I will start training for a fight. Mm-hmm. This is a, 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 a simple example. I would start training. They would look at me and say, listen, you don't have a fight coming up right now. Like, this is your third session for today. Mm-hmm. For this whole week, what's happening? And I'm like, well, what? I'm just training. He's like, well, everybody in the team is like, you need to slow down. If you're going to train like this outside of fight camp, you're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think I'm fighting in about two months. I think I'm going to fight in May. And they're like, why? I'm like, I don't know. Just had this feeling. Mm. And I imagine this stuff when I lie in my bed and I'm busy with my other gym training and I'm lying there and all of a sudden I'm just thinking, the idea pops up, I want to fight that guy. Mm. And firmly believe that. Mm. When I fought Dorman Hawkey, that was exactly what happened. When I fought Darren Daniels, sure, that was exactly what happened. I told them over a month before the fight, I honestly think I'm going to fight that fight. And they were like, what? I'm like, I don't know. I have this weird feeling. I think I'm going to fight this fight. And that's purely because I think about it. I think about this fight and I honestly believe in the powers of the universe, mm. the energy you set up. Mm. And when you really want it, yes. and you really think about it in that way, I just think about, when I think about that would be a great fight. Mm. And I start thinking, well, I want that fight. I want that fight. I want that fight. Mm. And I have some massive fight news coming out soon, which I can't really talk about. But that's exactly how that happened. Mm. And uh, if you go listen to, to when this fight got cancelled, the one that was supposed to happen, mm. that's exactly, I knew it. I, was, I wasn't even too, I wasn't too bummed. I, I really wanted the fight, but I wasn't. This is always, every single time something like this happens, something bigger comes up. Yes. Every single time. Yes. So it's, it's, uh, it's almost like starting to, 
take control of the situation. Mm. Whatever happens, happens. Mm. But if you have a path in your head, if you have a goal, you need to make it clear. The universe, that's the way in my mind it works. Mm. You can't say, I want to be rich. Yes. You have to have a clear way, how do you want to be rich? Yes. How much money do you want? Yes. How much, what exactly do you want? Yes. And once you start planting those seeds and putting that out there, that's when, when things get weird, actually. Mm. When, <laughs> when things just happen all of a sudden, which you thought about four months ago, or two months ago, sometimes a week ago, things just happen exactly the same. Yeah. You get, like you think about this car, and all of a sudden you're like, well, how did this happen? I really got this exact I wasn't thing. even looking for this car, but I got this car. That was the, the, this just an opportunity that arose and got. Yeah. That's when you, you have to start asking yourself, there's some power in that energy you put out. There's some power in thoughts and even more power in what you put out in the world. Yes. And uh, that's, that's when things really started to, to make sense to me. When, before I walked out, because I imagine the walk, I imagine how it feels. When things really start, and it's, it doesn't take a lot. Everything's never going to be as you imagine. Mm. Never. But there's so many similarities. You know, like when you stand there to walk out, you see something that you imagine for some weird reason while you're visualizing, visualizing, and you see someone walking with a bucket, the exact color bucket you were thinking about. Mm. And you're like, wow, that's one thing. That immediately puts your mind at ease on. Mm. So, and it's, it's small cues like that the way it smells when you go into the cage mm. there's a certain smell mm. and the way it feels on your skin there's a there's no place on earth that feels like that mm. and I don't think it's a, when, I'm, when I'm in there not on fight night it doesn't feel that way yeah. but when I'm in there on fight night it smells that way I've been in that cage as a cornerman it doesn't smell that way it doesn't feel that way but when you fight the way your senses are heightened to being able to make that feeling so clear in your mind mm. to know exactly what that smells like when you're visualizing the more in-depth you can do it, the more detail you can get in your visualization, the better it benefits you because nothing surprises you when you get in that match. And it reminds me so much of Neville Goddard. But the exact the exact amount of, what I want to ask you, the exact amount of time you do spend on visualization, when does it get too much? And what is the, what is the, the safety way? Let's say, for instance, a young adult is watching this and it, you started to do this from the age of 90, but you, did, you didn't have a term or knew exactly what you were doing. Yeah. It's just a weird thing has happened and you were thinking about it. But the more aware you got of it, obviously it started to track and you were putting your intuition out, yeah. saying, universe, I want this. Yeah. I want this. I think that the, the, the fact that I dreamed so hard for it, that was basically me putting it in the visualization. Yes. Every day I would sit in class, every day I would do anything, I would just imagine myself being a champion. Yes. So that was being visualizing but not on purpose. Yes. But it's still visualizing. Yes. So that's why dreaming. Whenever if you dream something, just dream crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah I dream of being a three weight division champion. I dream of being every. I dream of being the heavyweight champion. It's it's there's no dream big enough. It's it's, it's never big enough. Yes. And like you said, timing wise, spend on it. I think it's it, it differs from person to person. To be honest, uh, in the beginning it was hard for me to stay focused for so long. Think about something. I think I, I can't. Five minutes was long. Now, what I do is I literally go five minutes on, break. Mm. One minute, break. Mm. I sit there and I do my five distance completely and I go through this whole fight and I go through it and then the one day and the next day I'll go through the weigh-ins. Mm. Uh, I'll go through the press conference, what questions are going to be asked, mm. how to answer them, uh, how my opponent is going to look, how, how to do the face-off, everything. Just everything spends some time. 15 minutes a day will be more than more than enough on spending on visualization. 
spending on affirmations. Uh, I believe in that stuff. I think affirmations is is one of the greatest things. Just to you know, convince your mind. The mind is, is tricky. The mind is tricky, but the mind listens. Mm. And you know, even if you don't believe it, mm. if you don't believe what you're saying with affirmation, that's a cool thing. You don't have to believe it. Mm. Just say it. Mm. And uh, you know, that's that's part of putting the energy out there. Mm. The universe doesn't know what you believe. The universe knows what you put out. Mm. Yeah. And I think that is that is the biggest part that is currently in the situation of South Africa is people are constantly putting out that there's this loss, there's this, this fear, there's this hatred and all that, but they're constantly putting out and the universe is just giving that kind of approach. And um, that is the focus point I'm getting from you that there's, there's so much power behind what you do and there's a lot of individuals that obviously follow you with every step. You said that you want to be the greatest MMA fighter in the world. That is already proven over and again in South Africa. And you've you've proven to a lot of young individuals that the next step to going overseas and living your dream is literally your next choice, should you wish to put your intuition in it and go with an, go in it with no fear. So I want to put this scenario like this. If young Drikas was sitting here and watching this, and he was at that three-split road. It's either university or rugby or it's this. But he wants to go with the heart. But the family is not as supportive as what you were brought up with. Without sugarcoating, what is the honest, truest guidance you can leave with them today? At the end of the day, you are the one facing the consequences of your actions. And... There's nobody else you can blame, no matter what. Even if there is somebody to blame, blaming someone else is never going to be an option. It's never going to help. And the only advice I would give for 20 year old drinkers is keep on doing it. Keep on doing what you do. Uh, I wouldn't do anything different. Not one thing. Uh, I would have checked some shots if I can go back. <laughs> but uh, it's, um, you know, day it's. For me, I was so lucky because I had all the support, but I can understand for somebody that doesn't have family support, who doesn't. Those challenges are there for a reason. Those challenges are put in front of you to see how bad you really want. If a challenge, if something like your family being angry at you convinces you not to follow a dream, it wasn't your path to begin with. You didn't have enough belief in that dream. Because the only thing, the only way you can convince a family or somebody any doubt is by proving them wrong. Yes. And I love proving people wrong. But more so I love proving people right. Mm. More than proving people that say, oh he's not gonna make it this I mean I've been hearing I can't face the UC on that level for so long. I was always like, well this is gonna be fun. But more so the people that keep on saying I can't wait for him in the UFC, can't wait for him to be the champion in the UFC. Those are the people that I focus on. Those are the people that I focus on. So even if your whole family says, no, you can't make it, you can't make a living like that, because that was a big problem for me. My dad almost asked me, listen, what are you going to do for money? Mm-hmm. And there's no even there's no way you can fight for money. And I was like, not sure, but that's, I'll make a plan. I'm going to fight and I'm going to make money. I have no idea how, but and it, that's how it played out. And even if that only, the only belief, person that believes in you is yourself, mm-hmm. That's all you need. Because at the end of the day, it's you, you and you versus whoever it is. It's a tougher, it's a much more tougher to, to only be backing yourself. 
And that's why surrounding yourself with people that do support genuinely, mm. people who are like-minded, mm. people who believe in you, even though they don't see it, they believe that you can see it. They believe that you have the ability. Surrounding yourself with those people are so, so, it's, it's, it's such an important part of success. Mm. And I was lucky. I had a family that, even though they questioned the decision, supported me 100%, 100%. And they were my biggest fans. And if you don't have that, I can only imagine how hard that must be. But that, that, that choice, if you make that choice, even though you don't have the support, if you go through that hardship to chase that dream and get it, even though nobody else believed it, not even your family, I promise you that adversity will make you double as strong as you were before or you would be with the support because you are willing to sacrifice everything, even the love of family or support of family for your dream. Now, guys, Drikas, thank you so much for your time. Guys, I can't stress this enough. You've seen with what emotion and love Drikas talks about his up-and-coming athletes. And I know what this young adult is building and he's building towards a future for you guys as well. If you're facing adversity and you don't have the necessarily family support, I promise you the guys at CIT will take you in with immediate effect. You can get the links from CIT and Drikas' page at uh, the, the link below. And obviously, if you like what you heard and what you've seen, like and share this. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy your day. Cheers. Awesome. Yes,